Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hello, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so make it a great one. And it will be a great one because Nancy McNally is on the show today. I I don't know how to describe her in an overview. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, community servant, entrepreneur extraordinaire, and I've just created a podcast for her called The Stitch. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, uh, it's great to be here. Well, I... Uh, I have loved and admired you for many years, not only because you make the best dog treats, not only because you make the best <laughs> peanut brittle and almond brittle and all brittle, because you do, um, but because of the bright light that you have brought to our networking organization, Camp Experience Network, here in Colorado, and the bright light you have brought to the community uh, and the north part of our city and, and uh, just all the things you do. So I am so happy to have you on this podcast to talk a little bit about your story. So. You know, give everybody a little bit of perspective of how a nice girl like you is now um, rocking it as really an advocate for, you know, made and created and home businesses alongside of an embroidery and stitchery business, alongside of board service, alongside <laughs> of grandparenting. Okay, you got it all, girl. So we all want to know. We want what you're having. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, well, it started um, in Iowa. Um, my parents adopted me at, I, at July 3rd. So um, I was born in March. And so um, my dad tells the story. I was sitting in a high chair and he just picked me. Now, today I do know how adoption works. So I'm sure it was his way of sharing. Um, he just loved me from the beginning. So, um, but that's his story and I would never change it. <laughs> and, um, so we lived in a tiny town in Iowa when we, um, buried mom and dad. Um, it really hadn't changed. The only thing on the east side of town that had changed was, uh, a nursing home. So <laughs> anyway, um, from there, my dad owned his own gas station. He moved to Colorado, had a chance to own his own business there. Um, didn't work out, but then he went to be a salesperson. We moved to Grand Junction. So that's where I went to um, junior high, high school and graduated from Mesa College. And in the meantime, met my husband um, and we were married. Uh, this is our 50th year celebration. Woo -hoo! Woo -hoo! The crowd goes wild. That is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and uh, he was on the road all the time. So if we wanted to have children, decided he put in a transfer to Denver. So we've been here um, ever since. We've been in our home for 43 years. It's original owners, um, have three kids. Um, fast forward that. Um, the middle one weighed two pounds, 11 ounces. Wow. So that was one of our first um, leaning on the Lord more than normal. Um, and he is a strong, healthy young man that's married and has um, his three kids. And um, during that journey, um, our oldest um, in between all of this was involved in, was in the first tower hit 9-11. She lost six in her company, but she did get out. It, that whole scenario took about 10 years, but they're doing well. Um, they just moved from Nantucket this weekend to back to their home in Nantucket and 
life is better there for them this this week. But um, so Jason is doing well. He was our preemie. Then Don um, and 9-11 happened. And um, that was just uh, an experience that really, uh, it, it was so massive. I went to probably more counselors than they did just trying to figure out how to help. And the whole thing was listen to their story. Listen to it. If you have heard it 5,000 times, listen to it 5,001. They need to get it out. Well, that helped prepare me for our next journey, which was with our second grandson um, a week after his ninth birthday. He was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. 92% of his body um, in his bones uh, didn't give, gave us a pretty bleak scenario, but seven and a half years we were given with him. So we were able to watch him have his first date. We were at, watch him um, drive for the first time and he really didn't like it. And by then he had neuropathy in his feet and he knew that wasn't good because he couldn't tell um, things. But during that journey, the second journey that we had in 9-11 um, helped remind me we had to tell people what we were going through and help him tell people what he was going through. Because when he was in school and, well, why don't you have any hair? And on the way to appointments and stuff, he'd share with me whatever happened at school. And I said, buddy, you just have to tell people the truth. And if they don't want to accept it or they want to make fun, I said, that isn't your problem. That's their problem. Um, but they can only deal with things if you tell them the truth. Right. So all along the way, um, there were days um, that weren't easy for all of us. Uh, the kids had made a commitment from the start that someone would be with him when he was in the hospital 24-7. So all of us had jobs. Uh, we needed the kids to stay in their jobs. They had the insurance. Uh, I was working at the moment, uh, at that first year, downtown at an investment firm. And my husband uh, was still working at, uh, with the phone company. And um, so the first three weeks were chaos. It then was where everyone's burning precious, precious um, time off. And I woke up one morning and the Lord said, get these people organized. <laughs> so we put a huge calendar together every week. Whose calendar, who was going to be where, who was going to stay uh, the nights, the days, uh, what shifts we were doing. Uh, we used all the forces here. Our, our youngest daughter is here with her family and two of the other of the grandsons. And um, from the beginning, we made it um, as hopeful as we could. So when the doctor said immediately we'd start some very strong chemo, he'd be losing his hair. And his hair was about down to his shoulders at that point. And they said it will be very traumatic for him waking up and having clumps of hair. We would advise that you shave it. So what did we do? We had a big party in his room, um, brought the shears. His dad came in. They'd already shaved the sides of his head, and they had a mohawk for him, and Shay got to shave that off. His two cousins um, shaved that day, and then we shaved his, his mom shaved his head. So um, the nurses watching all of this, he then was asked to help other kids, and he would go to their rooms and um, share what they did and, and how you can do it so that um, it wasn't quite so traumatic. Um, they also did that when he needed a G-tube um, and some of the patients were pretty frightened about that. He went in and his even popped out one night with grandpa um, while they were, he was spending the night. And so that's another whole story. But 
Um, we just tried to make things as hopeful each day, um, make it the best we could, because what else do you do? Um, that's the time we had, and we have great memories. Uh, yesterday, we celebrated his fourth passing, a, a year of passing, and um, we have, when the Lord decided to take him, I, I it may seem weird to say I'm grateful that he took him swiftly, quickly, and he didn't, um, he just didn't suffer. And and that has been my prayer that when when and if it was time, um, make it swift. And I was in Nantucket that night, and the kids were here. We all all of us had a different experience because of where we were when we got the word. So uh, we always come together every year and and share and laughter last night and uh, and tears because we miss him. But, well, um, well I, you know, I, I'm so mesmerized. I haven't even said a word and it's eight minutes into the podcast. I'm just like, what? And then, okay. So, but let's go back for a minute because everybody listening is like, how, wait a minute. How'd you, how did that happen? So would you say, so what was it like, just let's go back to your daughter, you turn on the TV, you mm-hmm. see that the trade tower is being attacked. You know, she's in there. That's where her job is, right? So everybody who really didn't know anybody in there, like me, I mean, did you get a phone call? Did she text you? Did she say, I got out? I mean, did she, I mean, I got to think as sure. a mom, I, I'm worried, like, <laughs> did you make it to Sonic? You know, like, like <laughs> are you going to make it home from three blocks from here? And here's you turning on a TV in an international disaster. Um, but was she able to communicate with you? Um, no. And, and I didn't know about it because I worked downtown. I was on a bus during the time all of the first tower was hit. I'm walking into um, the floor at the building at 17th and Lawrence, and I was greeted at the elevator. And I'm never greeted at 730 in the morning at the elevator. But she had worked in the office I worked at, and they knew she worked there. And so the first question was, which tower does Don work in? I said, I have no idea. It's one of the big ones. And um, <laughs> said like a mom. I don't know. It's a big one. Thank you. It's big. It's in New York and it's a big one. Thank you very much. I am her mother. Yes. Okay. I knew it was the World Trade Center, but yeah. um, it was one of the Thomas. And they said, do you know what's happening? I, I mean, I'm coming off of the elevator. I said, I've been on a bus. What? And so they had me go put my stuff down. And in the back where um, the traders work, they have TVs. At that point, um, yes, I knew she was in one of the two towers. I didn't know which one. And um, we, they brought, took me back there. Then we watched the second plane go into the second tower. And then I knew we were involved somehow because... She was in one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And her story is, as thousands, you heard from thousands of people, she didn't have a normal day. God just did not have her go to the one store she normally goes to, walks around, looks for the sales, goes down the elevator, and then goes into the tower. She did not do that that day. So instead of being in the world of windows getting her coffee, she was stepping off the elevator and felt the jolt. But not knowing what it ha- that anything happened, she said, "Mom, you know, the big uh, generators and things on the roof were always blowing up. Something was going wrong. There was smoke all the time." So they really didn't think about it until 
the more smoke and, and the firefighters coming up the staircase and, um, and things kicked into gear for whoever was the, uh, fire warden there, um, on the floor, they teach each of us on every floor. Um, every, um, building has that. And they, they went down the stairs. The firefighters got them out is what happened. Wow. Well, you're listening to Boost Power Podcast. If you're like me, you don't even want me to talk. You just want Nancy to talk because she's so much more interesting than the host. Oh my gosh. Well, first a prayer and a thank you that uh, your daughter got out of the towers and amen and that your family could stand with her as she figured out how to process that probably to this very moment of every day. So um, that does not go without acknowledgement to a huge big God. So Amen on that. Uh, We will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Nancy McNally is telling us such tales that anyone listening is like, wow, wow, and then there's wow. So uh, her daughter surviving 9-11, her grandson um, having a, a, a great experience with his family as he suffered and fought uh, a terrible cancer and went to the Lord early. Um, and what, what a family experience. And so, Nancy, what I do know about you that I didn't know bet- behind the scenes <laughs> of all that. So how did you turn all of those experiences and that, you know, um, super challenging time emotionally for your family, all that, how did you turn that into someone who has been a civil servant, who has served on school boards? Weren't you mayor? Were you mayor? I, yeah, I was mayor for 10 years. Yeah. I, that's what I thought. You're mayor. Okay, so I was mayor. I was mayor during cancer and nine uh, eleven. I was working, as I said, and was yeah. just getting. In fact, the year of nine eleven, I had just put in my paperwork to run, and all of that happened. And I said, "Well, I can't run. I'm going to withdraw." And people around me said, "No, just show up for the forums. We'll take care of the um, election pieces and parts." and Anyway, I there were twelve people running for three seats, and I um, won. Yay! Well, lucky, like I said, the lucky community. <laughs> uh, so, so what if you were describing to people? So, you know, the purpose of the show is to educate mm-hmm. and inspire, and connect people, like-minded people. And I think a lot of people make up a story, you know, like, oh, it's so hard. Therefore, I have to lay in my bed and cry and eat bonbons, and my world is over. And it looks like you said, wow. Thanks, God. You know, it's, it is what it is, but I have you and me and this life, and I'm going to make something good every day. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what inspires you, and then we'll get into all the now. But like in that process of, of everything going on, how did you find in you to be a servant outside of yourself? Well, back when we, were, we moved, we transferred here to um, the Denver area. Um, we made a conscious decision. I would be an at-home mom. So fast forward, I just figured out, well, I always loved sewing. I've knit and crocheted since I was seven or eight. And um, those are things that just keep me grounded. 
for some, those are hard work. For me, that's where my my head goes to inspiring. And, and if I'm doing a workshop or something, that's where all the creativity comes from for me. And um, so I looked for ways to help supplement the, our family income. And that was sewing for people. Um, we had Frostline and Ultra were two kit companies that, so I went to work for them, was able to bring it all home. My sewing at that time was down in the dining room. We didn't have a dining room for the years the kids were growing up because I could see in the front yard and the backyard. So fast forward to when then I started working, um, people at work said would see what I was doing and, and fun stuff and say, why are you working? Why don't you have your own place? And um, so fast forward to while we're working with uh, in our cancer journey, the state legislature passed the Cottage Food Act. Um, and that's where I could make the peanut brittle that my dad had always made just at Christmas. And now it's available year round. Um, and we've expanded from his raw peanuts to almond, uh, cashew and walnut besides the raw Spanish peanuts. And sometimes the family tr struggles with that because would grandpa be with, okay with that? It's just grandpa never thought of adding any other kind of peanuts. Right. So Grandpa's <laughs> like, he gave you the pan. He's like, go for it and add all the nuts you want, honey. I love you. I love you. So um, in the mean, before that, before 2011, when um, that was passed, I had bought uh, an embroidery machine um, to add to my regular sewing. And I was doing some stuff for people. Um, but then we had the cancer journey. And so... I took my computer every day and learned software. So fast forward, I am now teaching that software so others can learn how to do things on their own and they don't have to buy designs. And I love it. I just love teaching the knit and crochet group that we have on Sundays. Um, it's just a gathering to share people where they're at and struggles and we just support each other. But if they have a problem with... Um, a stitch, we we fix it and we help them. And the same with embroidery. Um, it, nothing's easy to just pick up and learn by yourself. Things learning with other people are, are just easier, I think, because in anything, there's more than one way to do it. it it's right. not just a right way. And, and I keep telling people that. Um, and it's just helping people find their zens and the places that they can create and be happy. And so when life hands you some journeys that are a little tougher than others, you get full relief. When I was flying to San Francisco every three weeks with Shay, um, he, he would tell you my, my suitcase was packed with yarn more than clothes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you and I are so... You're so alike. We're so alike like that. Um, I used to travel the world speaking and I had was making bead jewelry and I would sit on the plane and I would do bead jewelry yep. and the, everybody would buy it. Oh, can I buy that bracelet? I'm like, sure. So then I had my husband. I taught him how to clasp. And I, so I'd make them and then hand them over to my husband if we were traveling. And I had him with the crimper and we had the bead trays and we would be on international flights and I'd make like 25 necklace bracelets. And it was like crazy. And People, uh, you know, as you know, with the Camp Experience Network, we have always used crafts as a way to connect and art. And that even if you're not good at it, you know, it's just a place to have a conversation and to try something and to use your right brain and to just relax. And uh, just this weekend, I had an art and insight retreat in Keystone. And I had a couple people 
Susan Frew, who you know really well, that doesn't like art, and she kind of reluctantly glued a couple things down. But then I had a few other people who really got into relaxing and trying something new. So you and I have art as that respite, uh, definitely. So so community service has always been big. Being the mayor, which is always something I kind of wanted to do in my past life, but uh, it did it's not take me that way. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be the mayor of uh, Denver for sure, and I'm not sure Centennial <laughs> is ready for my kind of uh, leadership. I think I, I'll be better in the craft circle, learning how to crochet. Um, so, and what else would you tell? So, so it, it is possible, what I'm hearing is it is possible to have whatever is in your life, but also to have your passion and your purpose and to be outside of the um, challenges or the, you know, the unfortunate and stay in the possible. Um, what else would you tell business owners that want to have a made in creative, make their own, you know, confection, make their own craft? What else would you tell them that you have learned? Well, there's just so many networks out there, especially with the internet today and with YouTube and with all of that. Um, CSU Extension is great for the cottage food piece and they'll connect you. Um, you go to classes so you get to know people that do other things than you because we need each other. Um, not everybody's going to want peanut brittle, but somebody wants the jam and somebody wants the bread that goes with the jam and, and somebody wants gifts with caramels or it, uh, the bitch and biscuits for their pups, um, which are under the agricultural piece. So I had to get a different license for that one. But um, it's all in learning and helping one another. I thought it was okay to do the dog biscuits under cottage food, somebody gently said, Nancy, you need to go to the agricultural group and get that license and here's how you do it. So it's helping one another so you can do things correctly. The networks are out there. Um, you, you have so many, whether it's a church group, uh, a Bible study group, a chamber, a uh, uh, women's group that you go to. You think of where you do go, that's a group, whether you think of it or not. And share again. Remember, you got to tell your story in order to be able to connect. And I just feel like having been mayor for ten years of the city, um, I learned everybody's story, and I, I didn't do anything with it except store it. And then when somebody would call, or when I run into somebody that says, "Oh, I need this or that. Do you know anybody?" I just am the connector and get out of the way. I plug them together, and I don't have to be part of it. So. Um, so you this are the great connector, yes. And I would say, um, you and I have also that in common. And I also know in the holidays you have a darling vest because uh, I found a darling Christmas Special vest. Camp sister. I found it for Nancy when I was thrifting because that's what I do. And I'm like, this is Nancy's Christmas vest. It is so cute. So um, I know you have that. Well, you have stories for about three hours and we only do this in about 30 minutes. So um, tell everyone how to reach you because you have so many things. I will put a shout out to the dog biscuits. Uh, of course, <laughs> all the brittles, the very hit of the camp experience network, of course, and your beautiful embroidery. So tell everyone how to find you. Sure. And the only reason you can find me is a great camp experience person. After we lost Shay, I found camp experience and um, Cheryl who does websites and helps people and coaches them. Um, offered a freebie and I, I don't know why, but I was moved that day to sign up and I was picked and we had a one-on-one -on -one and I just told her I can't get back to the website because that's the last thing I was working on in Shay's room and it takes me right back there. 
And she said, did he love what you did? And I said, yes, he was very proud of it. And she said, he would be prouder if you get this done. So it was with her words of of love and encouragement. I do have a website, www.madeandcreated.com. Also, um, I'm on Facebook, Made and Created. Uh, Would love for you to like it. And just I show some of the things that I'm working on. Some things go up for sale, some don't. But with my knit and crochet, um, I do orders for, I I, I don't like doing a million of anything. I want to make it. I show you what I can do and tell me the colors you want. Uh, and I work with people that way. With embroidery um, on website, um, it'll show you some of the logos <clears throat> I've done. And uh, again, work with you and, and do whatever you need done. So um, Bitch and Biscuits, the pups love it. I have one made with wheat flour, mon- one made with almond because almond flour is better for diabetic pups. And I have a grand puppy that's diabetic. So there you um, go. They're, they're made with all natural products, uh, 100% peanut brittle or peanut brittle, 100% peanut butter. And <laughs> the dogs uh, are saying, hey, yeah, I'm in for the peanut brittle dog treats. 100% pumpkin. So um, very organic and good uh, for their health. Well, I, my dogs love them. I have many of them in my home. Um, okay, so the last <laughs> thing we do now, normally, you know, when we're not socially distancing on podcasting and we're together, you would get to shuffle this deck. But just put your energy. We're shuffling the big Dream Big Live Big card deck to see okay. what your last and final question is. So I'm pulling this. You can see it's totally random. I've got my eyes closed, so I'm not <laughs> picking one out for you. Oh, so this is fun. This is next list your exciting next dream what is your next big dream how fun because this weekend um i knew it was going to be a tough weekend with shay's uh, anniversary but there's a new uh it's not new but for me it's new uh, brioche knitting it's just a different type of knitting and it's so soft and wonderful and i i already have the patterns i want to make and so why, I finished a headband yesterday in the class, and it's on my Facebook page as of last night. So just keep thinking energy thoughts that I can get through a poncho. I really want to make a poncho of brioche. It's beautiful. Oh, oh my gosh. So <laughs> you have my heart because only me would say my next big dream is five more hours <laughs> that I can go to the art room. And I want to try this new technique with a um, Mod Podge. And I think I want to put some texture. And I got this paper on sale at Joanne's. <laughs> And I'm hoarding it because, you know, it is on sale. And then, you know, like only you and me would be like, what can we make? And that would be our next big thing. Well, I, I have so enjoyed having you on the show. I, I'm so happy you're part of The Stew, which is Smart Talk Exceptional Women, a wonderful compilation book coming out in October where you're going to get to hear even more of Nancy's story and that of 60 women's stories, which is going to be fantastic. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so take some time to think about what Nancy has been through, from the phone call from 9-11 to the journey with her grandson, all those things, and what came out the other end, being mayor, serving on boards, creating businesses, but not only businesses, teaching others, teaching them to fish, helping them be successful, and that is so inspiring for all of us. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and big ideas. This is your host, Betsy Wiersma. 
Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.